Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the wizarding world. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter two of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows In Memoriam. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter to join the conversation. Love our blog. Love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have Wizard Team merch. So if you head over to our website, you can step up your nerd fashion and stationary game. This holiday season, DFTBA is doing free shipping for orders over $50 site-wide. So we suggest that you go grab our Black Wizard shirt, get a pin, and then mosey on over to some of our friend stores on DFTBA, like the Harry Potter Alliance. Mm-hmm. Jackson is not a bird. Mm-hmm. Francesca Ramsey is not our friend, but I like her. She's cool. <laughs> She's got a store up there. Um, I don't know her, but, you know, check out her shit. Um, and then pack your stocking stuffers. Uh, Free shipping. And if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, um, and anywhere else that podcasts are found, but especially iTunes. Especially iTunes. <laughs> and subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter, newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deb with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlscreate.org. And now for Wizard Team News. This isn't technically Wizard Team News, but it's Robin News, um, and I'm part of Wizard Team, so tuck in. Uh, he's at it again, and this time, like, in my backyard, and so, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I've all, I'm like, we're in a constant state of, like, pissed offness, Fuckery, yep. Pissed fuckery and piss and, and, and anger, um, and we're watching, like, just norms that we have taken for granted because they've always been around since the time that I've been alive. Um, and they've always been threatened, but not like this. And we're just watching the shit happen. And then you have to remember that all of the shit that's happening is happening in our name. So Cheeto Voldemort decided to close the San Ysidro border, which is 20 minutes from my ancestral home. It's not my not, ancestral not home. We moved there when I was in not high school, but still... <laughs> Not ancestral. Hometown. It's not ancestral. Childhood. Ten minutes. It's 20 minutes from where my parents live. Um, And it's scary for a number of reasons. One is like these people are like these migrants are not trying to invade our country. They are literally seeking refuge. And a lot of the things that they're seeking refuge from are from policies and shit that we did to their own country. Mm -hmm. So like we bear responsibility and also we're human fucking beings. And if someone is asking for help, like the least we can do is give it to them. But it's also terrifying because you, we, you can't leave. Like we, they can't come in, but we cannot leave. And that border is a very popular, busy border. It's a big, it's a, it spans a large space, but people move in and out of there every day. I know. I worked with people that lived across the way, the border in Mexico when I lived in San Diego, and they came to work and they went home from work. I know people that had Americans who, because our healthcare system is shit, had d- their doctor's appointments over across the border. And like, 
that it's a part of people's lives and it's bullshit. And so all I want to say is like, call your congressman, take a stand. If you've learned anything from these books in particular, like be the Neville, Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, Ronald Weasley that you want to see in the world and call your member of Congress, call your local representative. If you don't know who they are, you can text the word Congress to 50409 um, and ResistBot will help you craft a message and tell you who your rep is. And these things are happening in your name. And so if you are not okay with tear gas being shot across the border, which is an act of war, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, if you're not okay with that, then we have to do something about it. And this is our way. This is not, it's not the best option, but it's the option that we have and we have to take it. And yes, I'm pissed. Period. Period. Yeah. Moving forward, we have a new Patronus. Not to have here. So shout out to Jeremy <laughs> for being a Patronus. You're awesome. We appreciate you. You're a real one. Welcome. Turn on the gang. That's just something that you can't do. That's great. <laughs> um, and then magical birthdays. So tomorrow. Oh my God. That's our new, like, instead of. Um, yeah. I have to think about. Palette, is could be SOB. Paramedic. Well, I don't think it can only be paramedic. That's hard. It can be SOB in general. I got, I got, I got uh, quotes for days. Some Stormzy. I sent you a clip. You did. I, don't know if you saw I, it, I saw it, but I couldn't watch it because I was doing. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing something else. But yes, I was like, I was like, it's Stormzy and Bradley. What's his face oh. from Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. oh. Anyway, right. okay. the point is, thank you. The point is, um, thank you. magical <laughs> birthdays tomorrow Thursday is Bill Weasley's birthday. What up, so shout out nephew? To Bill. Um, and then this brother-in-law. And this Saturday um, is Darren's birthday. So shout out to Darren. AKA um, Portia's Patronus the hus- mate, um, the husband of AK- um, Wither Team. <laughs> Wither Team's husband. With- Come on now. Wither Team's husband. Okay. <laughs> Portia was like, okay, listen, this is how Ryder Die Darren is. Portia sent him. To our panels during LeakyCon, which she couldn't come. That is true. Either she was on a panel, or she had, like, booth duty for the HPA. And, like, that's fine, right? It's a convention. Like, we will see them. Like, we would, we knew that we were going to have dinner together. We, like, we made plans. But then you look up, and Darren's just in there like, sup, I'm here. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> with her team husband. <laughs> Don't tell me he not. <laughs> and we just made it legal. Like, it's, it's for real, Made. for real. It's official. Oh, I was like, we? <laughs> what did we do? Yeah, we did. I mean, okay. All right. He married Portia. He married the team. Okay. Don't act brand new. I I'm, I was just, I personally was unaware. Um, that we all got married? Yeah, I didn't realize that we all got wow. married. But I'm you glad I know that now. Slipping. I'm I glad I know that now. Nothing. I hope I, didn't break no vows. the hell I'm doing? Um... <laughs> Okay. Um, cool. So happy birthday, Darren and Bill Weasley. <laughs> Just didn't go in the direction I thought it was going to go, but like, but I'm not mad about it. Delia said, they say when you marry your spouse, you marry their family. I mean, like, I'm not mad at it. I just wasn't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't aware or I didn't think that that was going to go the way that it did. 
but I don't know why just, I didn't. Why I don't know why I thought that. To be honest, that's on I don't me. know why. That's on me. I don't know my my fault. How it wasn't clear to you. Yeah, but you my know, bad. I'm glad it's clear now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chapter two, in memoriam. Um, first, previously on Wizard Team, um, nothing with Harry. Sorry. Uh, there is a meeting at Malfoy Manor. Um, Tom Riddle is out here not giving a single fuck about being a guest in the Malfoy's home. Um, he's taken all the way over. He's, you know, putting his feet in people's couches. He's, you know, eating up all their food. He won't bake them no cookies. It's crazy. Um, he said, F your couch. F your whole couch. Your entire, the entire one. Not part of it. Not, you know, all of it. Um, and then... Uh, Snape gives gives Voldemort some information about Harry and his um and and his like traveling like he's about to leave the Dursleys so uh, learning information about that they're deciding that they're gonna uh, try to attack Harry in route um, Lucius has taken several L's in the past two to five years. Um, and continues Ooh. continues to take them. He's compiling them. them. I think he's like L um, is for Lucy. It's like a friendship bracelet, like a charm bra- <laughs> a charm bracelet. You know, and you like you like have a milestone and you add a charm. Mm-hmm. I mean, L. I mean, L stands for Lucius. That's that's what we've learned um, in the past few books. That like he is the the originator, if you will, of the mm-hmm. L, and um, he's standing in that. So he has to give Voldemort his wand. Again, and in he his tries own to get home, wand and then and Tom was like, "What you thought?" And then, and then he and the rest of his family, including um, Bellatrix Lestrange, who um, now lives with them, have, have are now made, being made fun of, made fun of because Remus and Tonks got married out in left field. Um, and then uh, Voldemort kills Charity Burbage, R.I.P who is the Muggle Studies professor and um, a columnist at the Daily Prophet. So that's where we are. Um, that's where we've left off. Yeah, in memoriam. Harry was bleeding. Um, because And so then he is, like, holding his, his hand up. He goes outside or out of his room to wash it off. And he um, breaks some china because he stepped on a cup of cold tea that had been sitting on the floor outside. Um, he assumes that it's, like, Dudley trying to set a booby trap at the age of 17. Um, <laughs> which is, like, you know, I would believe that Dudley would do that. Yeah. Like, you know, the not knowing what we know at this point. Um, so Harry's like, whatever, he throws it away um, and then uh, rinses off his finger. It was stupid, pointless, irritating beyond belief that he still had four days left of being able to, uh, unable, sorry, to perform magic. Um, which I understand. Like, I, I feel like it's one of those things, like, even, I mean, like, drinking is not nearly as, like, much of a, everyday like useful occurrence as like using magic you know but I, mm-hmm. I you know when you're like for me for instance and my sister is like go- about to start going through this because both of us um script grades in in school and so we're like younger than most of our friends which means that they all turned for me turned and for her are ter- turning 21 um while like I turned 20 
Pennsylvania. They're like, we're going to the bar. And I'm like, y'all have fun. I still have to be illicit. Yeah. So like that kind of thing. Um, so I understand too, just like, I mean, it's slightly different just cause again, Harry's like ma- using magic is a more like everyday kind of, um, it's also useful. like you get used to the convenience of something. It's right. like when I, um, go like for, when I go home and I'm like, I'm hungry. And there's this like wonder woman who is like, I'll make you something. Mm-hmm. She gets up and there's food or there's just always food. There were like literally Tupperwares full of like good food at my house at mm-hmm. all times. Like, where does this come from? It's like a never ending supply of like my favorite foods. Right. And I just have to, and there's a microwave there because I don't have a microwave here, which is like something that that's yeah. what I want on my Christmas list. Yeah. Anyway, and there's a microwave and I just, and it's there. And then I come back home to my sad, sad apartment and I'm like, I'm hungry. And the universe is like, well, bitch, what you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Dude. Yep. But yeah. Same Maggie, I also turned 21 my senior year. Me too. But like literally the month before I graduated. <laughs> Amani says I would definitely want a house off. And I would definitely want a I mean, house that's who fine. I paid you pay. a living wage yeah. and who had benefits and vacation time. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with like employing a house elf. When I go home, he goes if home. pay them. To get vacation. Um... Yeah. You know? Vacation. If he's sick, go home. You don't yeah. feel good? We'll both order in. Mm-hmm. Seems you don't got it today? Okay. It's fair to me. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, it's definitely just a matter of convenience. Um, but Harry had to admit to himself that the jagged cut in his finger would have defeated him. He had never learned how to repair runes. And yet, a month or two ago, he thought he was going to be... Um, triapsing across London, searching for horcruxes on his own. Um, as, as he do. And then he 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 suddenly he realizes that it's a serious flaw in his magical education. Which I'm just like, you had all of these all of these resources. You had Madame Pomfrey. You had like, I guess there's not a healing class, but like you had resources to learn these things. But like, it's fine. I get it. You're 17. And up until, like, very recently, you were just like, I have another year of school. And then shit went down. And. But Hermione knows how to repair. Yep. So he makes a um, note to have to ask her how to do it. Yeah. And she's got the same. I mean, she had a bit more magical education because of that really terrible idea third year in which she would take all of the classes at once and that would not mess up her sleep yeah i guess in a way maybe she like but but then she also lost like a good like five months at least right when she was petrified petrified. so it all balances Mm -hmm. out and maggie says according to hogwarts mystery you could just randomly learn from madame pomfrey Mm -hmm. which is true just become an apprentice whenever just show up at the hospital wing Mm -hmm. so harry didn't take advantage of his uh I feel like it's not a flaw in his magical education so much as it's a flaw in his magical learning. <laughs> so Harry had spent the morning completely emptying his school trunk for the first time since he had packed it six years ago. Um, so we had talked about this at the beginning. Is, we had talked about this at the beginning of Half Dead Prince. Remember when we talked about people. that? 
we talked about that at the beginning of Half-Blood Prince and we were in about him like when he's like he's asleep but like they kind of pan over his room and just like how shit just kind of like thrown into the thing but like he just hasn't cleaned it out for six years he's just so it says that he's throwing like throwing shit on top of it he literally would like skim the topmost three quarters um to replace and update things and then just leave a layer of general debris including old quills desiccated beetle eyes single socks that no longer fit like just like caked at the bottom and so then he plunges his hand into the mulch which is what it's called and then gets cut in his finger because of like there's a piece of glass in there but i'm just like you just let like you don't like i understand because you know usually if i go somewhere and then i come back home i'd like live out of my suitcase for at least a month and like i feel that yep right yep. like i get that that's most people i feel like if you pa- unpack immediately like you just have really good motivation and are also pop- potentially um the feds but like <laughs> beetle eyes you just got beetle eyes at the bottom of your shit you just putting clothes on top of there like that's my <laughs> thing is like so when you do eventually unpack completely, you unpack and I do completely. it too. I like live out my slowly. Like you, yeah. you pull this thing out and then you put it back. Yeah. And like, oh, I need this thing. Oh, it's probably my suitcase. And then you end up putting that back. Mm-hmm. Then when you get to the bottom, or when it gets low enough, where you've skimmed the top, what is it? The top two quarters, three quarters, three quarters, three quarters, and then you start to like be able to see that stuff. Like, You're it wouldn't like, even get me... to that part, to that point, if he didn't, like... Like, I could get maybe, like, After between, second year! I was gonna say, I think, I think maybe after first year, it might not have been, like, as easy, just given, like, how the Dursleys were acting, and they kind of locked his stuff away when he first when he got home. So I would get, like, that particular year, like, maybe you wouldn't be able to fully, like, clear... I mean, although, you get to the borough, and there's all this time. Um, so, even after first year, it might take a second... But, like, you could clear that shit out. It wouldn't even become, like, caked, like, mulch (laughs) in a year. Like, that just wouldn't happen. But it's six years. Um, But it does give us, like, a, a chance to be a little nostalgic. So he pulls out an old badge that flickered feebly between support Cedric Diggory and Potter Stinks. Um, a cracked and worn out sneakoscope and then a gold locket inside uh, which a note signed R.A.B. had been hidden. It's surprising to me that like the locket got that far down into the gunk given that he only just got it like a month ago but it's possible that he like buried it because while he needs it he's not trying to see it or look at it you know. Yeah. Like that's. I'm just I'm still stuck on. I don't blame you it's gross. Mulch. <laughs> Mulch. That's what you put Mulch. in your lawn. That's what fam. I'm saying. Like, to, like, that's straight up grow, gardening shit. When you're like, trying to grow carrots or something, you get some mulch. <laughs> it's not yeah. at the bottom of your trunk. Yeah. And I'm not a neat freak. I'm I'm not even a clean person, if we're gonna be honest. Like I like do the bare minimum of so that my hygiene is on point and I'm not dying or killing anyone. Like I'm not the like you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going above and beyond. My my mother is and my father are appalled at how I live my life. <laughs> I am sometimes appalled at how I live my life. But I do not have mulch anywhere. No. no. I've not allowed enough things to collect. In that way. Like, you're just, like, packed and, like... 
Especially if the shit I know is down there is uh, beetle eyes. Like, like that like shit when is like, like potions oh, and greens. Oh, you know what? I have some leftovers in my bag. Like, the <laughs> other day I found a croissant that I forgot about. But it was only, like, a day and a half old. Right. And I was like, let me clear this whole thing out, wipe it down, mm-hmm. get some wet ones. Because mm-hmm. that's gross. Like, I had a croissant. I put it in my bag. I kind of forgot. It felt, you know, it, it traveled its way, made its way down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And when I reached down in there and felt a paper bag of Danish, I was like, nope. It's time nope. to throw that away. Um, and, the- and not just throw it away, but then, like, Clean. decontaminate it's- my bag. Exactly. Um, Dahlia says that she doubts it was very bad after the first two years. No, no excuse for third year, but fourth and fifth year, he came home a hot mess. Um, after the second year, the second year, remember that's when Wash got founded. Exactly. (laughs) But my thing is, my thing is too, is like, so I get what she's saying, but my thing is even like fourth and like no excuse for third year, which means that even if fourth and fifth year, he was, you know, he's struggling because he's dealing with like death and grief and Voldemort and all this kind of shit. Like... At the very least, we should be like two years. Like it shouldn't get to mulch. It shouldn't. It shouldn't go all the way. And it, I, yeah, and Deli is like he some, wasn't cleaning nothing. Amani's like he wasn't washing either, which he wasn't. We already know that because he done killed half of the Hogwarts um, residents. But like, it's just it's it's gross. It it is because. No, I don't know. I can't. No, it's gross. It's just gross. No. Um, so then he finally discovers, discovers the sharp edge that had done the damage. He recognized it at once. It was the two-inch-long fragmented or fragment of the enchanted mirror that uh, Sirius had given him. Um, you motherfucker. Like, he... Well, I think there was that moment where, like, he, after, in the at the end of fifth year, he, like, pulled it out and tried to say Sirius, tried to, like, contact serious and then it didn't work so he threw it at his uh trunk yes and then he allowed it to break and then become a part of the mulch but yes but he also pulled it out after serious had died he did beforehand that did happen um nothing more remained of his godfather's last gift last gift um except powdered glass which clung to the deepest layer of debris like glittering grit um, so Harry, like, takes... Just this hateful-ass bitch. And yet, and then he gets mad when his son rejects his blanket that his mama left him in. And poor I don't think that's love potion the same. On. Also, it never happened. Um, so Harry puts the uh, fragment on top of that morning's Daily Prophet, which lay unread on the bed and attempted to stem the sudden upsurge of bitter memories, the stabs of regret, and of longing the discovery of the broken mirror had occasioned. Um, cause I'm sure he's, all the things Robin have been saying is right in his head. Like, wow, Harry could have just picked up the mirror and talked to Sirius. Um, it took another hour to empty it completely, throw away the useless items. So like, yeah, I feel like this is also, it reminds me of like, I mean, it feels a little bit more gross because like, again, the mulch, but it's like cleaning under your bed or like your closet when you have it, like, or just shit, like just accumulates over the years and then you just don't do it like my like my room is and it's also hard to reach it's hard to that's yeah. the difference though there's a those difference those things like, are hard to reach exactly because like your suitcase this trunk is right you there. can easily get through it but i feel like the process is very much like okay i gotta get under my bed and see what the fuck is under here 
So he uh, takes his school in Quidditch robes, cauldron, parchment, quills, most of his textbooks. Uh, textbooks. Um, he piles in a corner to be left behind, and he kind of wonders what uh, Petunia and Vernon are going to do. Vernon are going to do with them, um, and guesses that they'll just like burn them in the dead of the night, which is kind of a funny um, like image of them like in the backyard, just like burn the text Fuck your stuff. <laughs> no traces um then he keeps his muggle clothing invisibility cloak potion making kit some books um and the photo the photo album hagrid gave uh, gave him a stack of Can letters we just talk about the fact that he does not know how to mend his own cut but moved most of his textbooks to be left there and kept a photo album which i get you want to keep close to you because it's going to like be comforting. It's like definitely not going to come in handy. But like, those are the only pictures he has of his parents. Like I feel like, but it's definitely not going to come in handy. I mean, you don't know that. It's not going to be useful. You don't know that. That's how I found it about Sirius Black. Uh, or not necessarily, but he like learned things about Sirius. I will say that like some of the textbooks are probably not necessary. Like, I don't know. History of magic. Standard book of spells, grades, such as that. Like, you know, there's certain things. You don't know them spells, though. He doesn't. But, like, is he going to do that on the run? Or, like, you know. He might have actually packed standard book of spells. I don't know, actually. I'm not not sure. I'm just saying I would bring all of, like, I would especially bring History of Magic, actually, um, thinking about it. Because you'd want to know, like, you already know that Voldemort's a with like important things or historical things mm-hmm. which is like the locket and then whatever I mean honestly Maybe. he's probably assuming Hermione's gonna pack all her stuff so there's that and you don't need multiple copies of those books but, but did they I'm just did they coordinate this I don't know I don't know I mean they can write letters or you something. didn't even want Hermione to come it's true I don't know I mean I'm not even defending him I just feel like he does he probably doesn't need all of those textbooks like you know, he could leave his divination books behind, or yeah. or some other. I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, a stack of letters and his wand. He repacks into an old rucksack, um, and then he puts the Marauder's Map and the locket signed R A B inside it, as well. And then um, all he has kind of left are a sizable stack of newspapers sitting on the desk desk beside his snowy owl Hedwig Knowles Carter. Um, one for each of the days Harry had spent at Privet Drive that summer. Um, Hedwig is asleep or else faking. She was angry with he- with Harry about the limited amount of time she was allowed out of her cage at the moment, but it's because she has to be in the studio and he's cutting into her time. She has an album to put out, um, yes. early next year and he is, um, fucking with her money. Yes. So, and her dream. And she's just like plotting she's angry with him but she's also being like all right it's about time she's like it's about time for me to go now it's time for me we've reached the end of this road Mm -hmm. although we've gone (laughs) to the the end end of the road road. yeah um so that's what's happening with Hedwig is she's like all right I see now it's not safe for me here it's not like there's really nothing for me to do I kind of saw Harry through his formative years and it's time for me to go and see myself through my formative years um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to glow up. Exactly. And be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Live my best life. Mm-hmm. 
I got Harry information, and now I feel like I need to get the rest of the world information. Okay. Like, you know, say my name, say my name. If no one is around you, say, baby, I love you. You know? If you ain't running game. You know? Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Harry's not going back to Hogwarts, so... I feel like his prospects of being able to pay my bills are limited. Exactly. So I'm going to pay my own bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amani says, Harry is over here uh, when she could be bringing Latavia and Latoya up to speed. Um, and he's acting like he's the second lead vocalist in Order of the Phoenix. Exactly. 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 Hedwig has shit to do and dreams to, uh, to fulfill. Um, she's sitting there and she's like, I mean, it's better if you just go now. Don't wait for your luggage. <laughs> it's better Bye. for you to just Good be night. home than to have your luggage. It's better for you to just go home than have your luggage. Like you doing all this shit, but like, do you need do you need your Marauders map, really, or could you just like go to the borough? It's better for you to just go home. I think it's better to not have the Marauders and map. We all know home is the borough. Mm-hmm. It's be- so. Yeah, it's better to not have the Marauders map. So then to, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harry uh, sits on his bed and uh, opens the like today's Daily Prophet. Um, and he sees uh, at the, in the front page, there's a small mention on the front about the resignation of Charity Burbage, the mogul studies teacher at Hogwarts. Um, but he's looking for uh, Dumbledore's obituary written by Elpheus Doge. Um, so I'm not going to read the whole thing because like the next, most of this chapter is just like, you know, Dumbledore articles. So we don't need to read the entire thing. Um, but just some, some things. So Elfie Stoge writes that he met Dumbledore at the age of 11, which is like the 1800s. Like these niggas is old as hell. Um, oh, I do want to point out that like, this is the first time we get like a picture with the, um, yeah, inside of the like, text of mm-hmm, the article. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of cool. You get a little, little illustration of our mans. Um, so, Elpheus says uh, that he and Dumbledore f- both felt themselves to be outsiders, which we know J.K. Rowling loves herself a white outsider. That's her jam. Um, all of her heroes, you know, are... They don't people, belong. Yeah, they don't belong. People look down on them. They are isolated and they always rise above those things or something. Or something. Um, Elpheus. I'm just like fascinated by the fact that when I read this, I was like, wow, he didn't belong. I don't belong. Just giving her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, like, I don't think that it ever really stood out to me. I just, I just always remember that time when they were first introducing Newt to the world and Homegirl yes. said, I always love to to uh, explore and write, write about, about outsiders. And then literally pan to this, like, white-ass dude. And I was like, word? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it tickles me. It really does. So I just remember, like, watching that video and her saying that shit. And then Eddie Redmayne popped up. And I was like, <laughs> I knew beforehand that that was who was playing uh, Newt. But, like, in that context, I was just like, sis. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what? Um, Did you really? Anyway, you so Elpheus had apparently contracted dragon pox, which I'm pretty sure is like 
mostly okay actually let me not say this and then be a hypocrite or slash like roast myself but dragon pox is mostly um like a disease for older people <laughs> and you know what's funny is i wrote this i in my notes i wrote this before um events occurred in my personal life um so now i'm just playing myself Oh my god. <laughs> oh, don't laugh at my older younger cousin. <laughs> but it's funny. It is funny. Oh uh, lord. Oh uh. god. <laughs> I don't want to be laughing cuz it's not funny. I know. But it's but it's, funny. but it's funny. I think it's funny. It's not funny but it is. <laughs> it's yeah. Yikes. Are you going to tell the people or am I cutting this out too? I don't care. I mean, I don't care. I have arthritis in my lower back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 24. So, that's my life now. I have, dra- I have, I have muggle dragon pox, apparently. <laughs> that's what happened to me. I also wonder, though, like, how... I always, I always just thought dragon pox were another, like, measles or mumps. Or yeah, me too, pox. but I think that it also was, like, from what I remember, um... <laughs> Shingles. <laughs> from what I remember... Hey, Delia, woo! <laughs> Don't woo! We're not wooing I mean, a bunch like, of, like... I I'm not wooing the fact that, like, twenty she has arthritis in her back as well. I'm just, like, also... Solidarity. Sh- yeah. Shout out to us. You know, having strange bodies that, you know, are already breaking down. So, so Elpheus had dragon pox. And then when he came to Hogwarts, he was all pockmarked and green and shit. And so people were like, not trying to get those germs. And you're not going to come at me with the devil. So you stay on the A mere century later, they're just partying with Harry in the Gryffindor common room. Yeah. After he's, like, got... I mean, there was a certain there was a certain set of standards <laughs> in um, the 1800s that I guess degenerated from there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Um, so Albus had arrived at Hogwarts under the burden of unwanted notoriety because a year pe- previously his father Percival um, had been convicted of a savage and well publicized attack upon three young muggle- muggles. Um, and then, um, then we find out, like, Dumbledore knew his father to be guilty. Um, some, indeed, were disposed to praise his father's actions and assumed Albus, too, was a muggle hater. Um, as anyone knew Albus would attest, he never revealed the remotest anti-muggle tendency. So, I mean, partly, like, this is a a Harry Potter podcast, or not, sorry, Harry Potter, obviously. Um, it's spoiler heavy. So, we know some of the stuff about, like, what happens with Dumbledore and Grindelwald, um, and how Dumbledore did at one point. I don't, like, I haven't read this book in quite some time, so, like, but in, in his head, like, he very much believed in, and I mean, it's not clear whether he believed in that, like, before meeting Grindelwald or, like, before all this shit went down, as we'll read, like, with his family, but he, um, at, for a certain period of time, believed in, like, wizard superiority over muggles, um, and, but this is kind of, like, glossed over, 
Um, we learn things about Dumbledore in this in this um, article. Like, you know, for example, like his father going to prison for attacking muggles. But we also, but it's also a very, like, one-sided or, um, it's a very, like, one-sided look at his character and his life. And, like, obviously it's an obituary and most times obituaries are, like, meant to paint the, um, like, departed in a like a good light um and to kind of like focus more on their accomplishments and and like the good things in their life as opposed to like as we see in a few pages with Rita like you know trying to be more tabloidy and get money about like in gossip and stuff um yeah so yeah so so it's so it's interesting I think um to kind of see how Elpheus, who also, like, we kind of find out, like, he didn't, like, he knew Dumbledore, but also, like, didn't fully know Dumbledore like that. And so, like, um, it's just interesting to see him write this, this, uh, this obituary in a way that's, like, very much how most people want to see Dumbledore and not necessarily how he was, if that makes sense. It's, it's, um... It's very human in the sense that you want to put the best light and you want to, like, remember people or, like, leave this spin and, like, not speak ill of the dead. But it's also... It's it's dangerous in a way that, like, we don't... It builds up this mythology around people and it, like, takes... It kind of strips away their humanity in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot about that, like... Um, when I think about, like, Martin Luther King and, like, learning about, like, him being a womanizer and, like, that doesn't negate that he did really great things, you know? But it also, like, makes him into... It makes it, like... Oh, he was a real human with flaws and, like, three-dimensional and, like, makes it seem more possible that anyone could, like, do and accomplish the things that he accomplished, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so the same thing with Dumbledore. It's, like, if you... <clears throat> if you remember him as a full well-rounded person and like highlight his faults as much as his accomplishments, because I feel like Rita Skeeter then goes the other way, like to the extreme mm-hmm. and like everything he did, like it ter- and makes everything he did, like have like a sinister t- overtone to it. Um, and so it just turns, it, it, it makes it so that like either, Dumbledore is great and Dumbledore is everything and there's no one who could ever do the things that he did and now without him we're doomed or like Dumbledore is the worst and he's the reason why we're in this predicament and he didn't he ain't shit and there's no reason to like even try you know mm-hmm. it just like takes it strips away a lot of the nuance yeah of a human. exactly and I think and I think like honestly it's I feel like I might have written that somewhere, but, like, that's how, like, reading this and then reading the Rita thing, it's, like, neither one has that. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, and even this, like, Elpheus's kind of thing is, like, very much not humanizing Dumbledore. It's still, like, putting him on this pedestal. It's, like, deifying him. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because, like, y'all are the same age, and so he kind of talks about, like, 
them being friends, but it also feels like he just kind of, like, worshipped Dumbledore, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like a, it's just a weird kind of relationship, it feels like. So, um, Albus's own fame had begun to eclipse that of his father. By the end of his first year, he would never again be known as the son of a muggle hater, but as nothing more or less than the most brilliant student ever seen at the school. Um, those of us who are privileged to be his friends benefited from his example, not to mention his help and encouragement with which he was always generous. Um, I think it's interesting, like, reading this this time reminded me a lot of Voldemort. Um, mm-hmm. And in the way that, like... In which way? In the way that when we were uh, looking at the memories in Half-Blood Prince and we're seeing how Tom's friends just kind of, like surround themselves around you know like or with around Tom and are very much just like happy to be in the same room with him and laughing at all his jokes and just kind of like want to feel privileged to be in that room um and consider themselves his friends when he may not consider them to be his um he not to say that his followers right and it's not to say that Dumbledore considers Elpheus and them to be his followers because I don't think that that's true but I also think that like we had never, I had never heard Dumbledore mention Elfie Stoke. Um, I feel like he probably put more into that relationship than Dumbledore did. You know what I mean? Um, and Or put more stock into it, I guess. And not to say that Dumbledore didn't think that Elpheus was, like, a cool dude. Um, but I think that just the way that they interacted or the way that, like, Elpheus perceived their relationship and the way that uh, Dumbledore perceived that relationship are very different. Um, and then it seems like that may have been the case with a lot of the people that Dumbledore went to. Cause like Dumbledore doesn't really have homies like that. Like, I mean, McGonagall, obviously, but like, she's that one. So that makes sense. It's reminding me a lot of, um, sorry. So I, I was sick this weekend and I ended up somehow binging Real Housewives and it's all by honest fault. One of us. Somehow it's by honest fault. Um, (laughs) but in the reunion, Cynthia Bailey was like, I don't really know you. She always <laughs> says are, like, that. People that. This she is like people that she has literally known and worked with for a decade. Yeah. Almost. And she's like, I'm still getting um, to know you. And you're like, well, damn. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, you don't want to be presumptuous. Yeah. Maybe that's Albus's thing. He's like, I just don't want to presume that we're friends. Mm-hmm. And Elsie is but like, I, we go way back. We homies. We right. Um, Amani says, or first Delia says that she always imagined Elpheus to be a reverse Pettigrew, worshipping his friends, soaking in the light around them, which I kind of feel <clears> that <throat> way too. Um, though we don't really like see much of him, but just even the way he's writing this feels very much like, not that was the homie and like he did a lot of great things, but like I revered this person and he was so powerful and I was in awe of him at all times. And it's like, bro, please take a chill pill. Because that's also just not how you talk about it. Even, like, <clears throat> even when your friends are, like, the best people. Like, I have a friend who's smart as hell. And, like, I will tell everyone that they are a fucking genius and have all of the PhDs. And, but then let him get in my face. And I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> this is, like, not how you talk. Uh, so then Amani says, you mean Albus didn't respect those around him or consider them equals, thus withholding agency from them? 
Um, and instead, a collection of witches and wizards who revered his power and wisdom while deifying him, but were never given enough information to actually be able to be on proper footing to be a friend, pretends to be shocked. And then says, I wonder where Tom got it from. Although, honestly, I don't think he got it from Dumbledore. I think that's just like how Tom was rolling. It's a personality flaw that uh, people have. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that like Tom didn't maybe pick up some tips, but Tom didn't have no friends before that. And, you know. <laughs> He was, right. he, Dumbledore didn't tell him to drag them kids into the cave and do whatever it is that he did with them kids. I mean, I would say that is because he was born from a love potion and doesn't know love, but apparently that's not how that works. No. I mean, I never really, I always, I kind of quibbled with that before whatever else the fuck was happening um, as well, but we don't have to talk about that right now. I feel like we may have talked about that already. I don't know. You talked about last week. No, no, no. I I'm mean, just... like, during Half of Friends, but... Oh. I can't remember. Um, so, um, Dumbledore... So, Dumbledore confessed to Elpheus later in life that... Or, sorry, later in life that he knew even then that his greatest pleasure lay in teaching... Um, he was soon in regular correspondence with the most notable magical names of the day, including Nicholas Flamel, Bathilda Bagshot, um, and Aldebert Waffling. Um, several of his papers, I know, several of his papers um, found their way into learned publications, such as Transfiguration Today, Challenges and Charming, and The Practical Potioneer. Um, hilariously, none of those are have anything to do with the Finskins of Dark Arts. Um, the only question that <laughs> remained was when Dumbledore would become Minister of Magic, he though and then you know he never had ministerial ambitions. Three years after we started at Hog or started at Hogwarts, um, Aberforth arrived at school. Um, he was never bookish, and unlike Albus, preferred to settle arguments by dueling rather than through reasoned discussion. Um, they rubbed along as un- as comfortably as two such different boys could do. Um, in fairness to Aberforth, it must be admitted that living in in Albus's shadow cannot have been altogether an altogether comfortable experience. So this is like very. Uh, one-sided like again but then also like Elpheus is just putting words in Aberforth's mouth you know right it presumes that he cares right like he may or may to, not or that have he had... thought he was in Albus or that yeah yeah it's like he may not have given a fuck like he's living his life over right. here he might have been jealous and that may have been the so. case but like Elpheus does not know that and he's very much presuming a lot like he's just kind of assuming that that would be the case um in part because like he stands Dumbledore and that's really what this is like which I mean again like it's fine it's an obituary like this is somebody that he's known for most of his <clears throat> life Elpheus Doge's Twitter bio says this is an Albus Dumbledore stand again mm-hmm. it does um when Albus and I left Hogwarts we intended to take the then traditional tour of the world together visiting and observing f- observing seems gross but they're white um foreign wizards uh before pursuing our separate careers on the very eve of our trip albus's mother kendra died um leaving albus the head the sole breadwinner of the family that was the period so then so then dumbledore stays behind um after to like kind of take care of his family um that was a period of our lives when we had the least contact which is also this is also when uh, like spoiler or whatever like this is when grindelwald shows up um so, in El- from Elphase's perspective, this is kind of like the lost years where he doesn't really know what's going on with Dumbledore. He just kind of assumes that Dumbledore's taking care of his family and that's just like what that is. 
Elpheus is like on his world tour and he's like writing back to Albus about his journeys. Um, and then his letter and then Dumbledore's letters told him little about his day-to-day life, which he guessed to be frustratingly dull for such a brilliant wizard. And then she hears, uh, sorry. And then he hears about um, the death of Ariana Dumbledore, um, who had been in pure health for a long time. Um, and then all of those closest to Albus agree that Ariana's death and Albus's feeling of personal responsibility for it in parentheses, though, of course he was guiltless, which is like, again, he waves away kind of any nuance or, um, anything that would like paint Dumbledore in a bad light. He kind of just waves it away. Um, because how would you know whether he's guiltless? You weren't there. You didn't know what happened. Um, and it left their mark upon him forevermore. Um, Albus was more reserved than ever before, much less lighthearted, um, and then he and Aberforth, uh, became estranged. He rarely spoke of his parents or of Ariana from then on, and his friends learned not to mention them, which, you know, I feel like is relatively reasonable. So, like, you know, rising, he's a rising star. So he discovered 12 uses of dragon blood, becomes the chief warlock of the Wisengamot, um, and then it says, they say still that no wizarding duel ever matched that between Dumbledore and Grindelwald in 1945. Um, and Dumbledore's triumph is considered a turning point in magical history to match the introduction of the International Statute of Secrecy or the downfall of he who must not be named. Um, Dumbledore Which was never... a mere 40 years later, so was it a real turning point? Was it? Probably not. Was it? Yikes. Really? Um... He So, Dumbledore was never proud or vain. He could find something of value in anyone. Um, I believe his early losses endowed him with great humanity and sympathy. I shall miss his friendship more than I can say. Um, He died as he lived, working always for the greater good. Ha ha. Um, And to his last hour is willing to stretch out a hand to a small boy with dragon pox as he was on the day that I met him. Um... Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about kind of just how it's very one-sided, but it does for Harry kind of bring up things for him. So, like, you know, he's feeling sad, um, but also... He's like, who are these people? Right, and he's very much like, (laughs) he 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 feels a sense of humiliation because he kind of is realizing that he never knew Dumbledore at all. Um, Never once he imagined Dumbledore's childhood or youth. It was as though he had sprung into being as Harry had known him, venerable and silver-haired and old. Um, Which, I mean, it's kind of like when you see your teachers in the grocery store. Yeah. Are you kind of like... I don't think that that, like... And and I know that right now it's really raw, but, like, I don't think that that... I never thought that that invalidates his relationship. No. It's just a different... Like, you're not his peer. Mm -hmm. You don't have the same relationship that he has with Elpheus. But I think it's also, like, one of those things where then he real... Like, I don't know that Harry ever thought of him as his peer, but I think he thought of him as, like... Like, it's someone you trust... Are you trusted, mm-hmm. given that, you know, this past tense, but, like, who... Important. Yeah, who was important to your life and who you felt, like, like knows a lot about you, and so in your head you assume that you know a lot about them, and then you kind of realize suddenly, like, oh, I don't. And part of that is, you know, we've talked about, like, part of that is Dumbledore wasn't going to share a lot of that stuff with him, but some of it is Harry's fault in that, and not fault in that, like, he should be blamed, but just, like, some of that he could have asked... And some of that Dumbledore may or may not may have answered, some he may not have. But, like, I think that he's kind of realizing that there are questions that he could have asked Dumbledore that it just never occurred to him to ask. Um, so he says, like, he 
you know, it was common knowledge that Dumbledore had taken part in the legendary duel with Grindelwald, um, and Harry hadn't thought to ask Dumbledore what that had been like, um, which even that would have been something, you know? Yeah. Um, they had always discussed Harry, um, his past, future, his plans, and it seemed now that despite that his future was so dangerous and uncertain, that he missed irreplaceable opportunities when he had failed to ask Dumbledore more about himself. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a it's difficult. Um, Delia says that um, he's realizing this imbalance in their relationship. He valued Dumbledore so much, and now he's questioning if Dumbledore valued him. And I feel like that is what happens, but I still feel like he's at the beginning of that. Like I don't think that he's like full, like he does end up eventually getting there, but I feel like right now he's on some like, damn, I really didn't know that much about him. Versus like when he finds out that the Dumbledore's lived in Godric's Hollow, then he's like, yo, did he like, he didn't think of me. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's kind of like this, yeah. this arc where he kind of like, but this is definitely the beginning of that. Yeah. And it could have stopped here. At this moment, he doesn't feel like Dumbledore valued him right. so much as he feels like he didn't take advantage of the time that they had. Yeah. But also, yes. I don't think, you know, it's also like the hindsight, this 2020 situation where, like, he m- didn't realize that they didn't have more time. Right. So there's that. Which is yeah. a thing that everyone in a certain way has to realize about everybody. Like, there are always things that you don't know about people. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you feel like you know everything about them, there's, like, the internal things that you just won't know or... I don't know. But I do think that it's important to to allow Harry to have this moment of guilt, I guess, for not asking those questions. Because like mm-hmm. we said, it's kind of like, you know, your teacher is this person and you don't think about their life outside of school. Um, Delia, jeez. <laughs> Delia says they didn't have time because Dumbledore was busy raising him like a pig for slaughter, which is not untrue. Also, okay, Severus. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to Snape. discount what you're saying, but like that's a Someone direct quote. Someone's been reading too many Snape books. No, it's just um, a direct quote, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it is important because I think it's something that like is necessary to like learn or kind of experience so that you can move forward and be a better friend to other people and be a better like listener I think it's more Mm -hmm. like are you asking the right questions are you listening are you getting to know the depths of a person yeah so I don't want to skip to this is all on Dumbledore because I think it's important because he didn't even do it with Sirius he's definitely not doing it with Remus you know like let me get to know the full scope of the person, scope of the human, yeah. of the person. And let's have a really, a reciprocal relationship, not peers. Like you said, like they're never like Dumbledore is never going to be his peer, but like I bring as much like the relationship isn't all about me and my, well, yeah, but I think that like, so Delia says like, he's a teenage boy. Um, Amani says that you did try to ask Dumbledore things, Harry. He just ignored you and told you he'd tell you later. Which, like, granted that stuff was more, like, in the present. Like, hey, how did you hurt your hand or whatever, right? And, like, and some of it, too, is, like, 
like again I still quibble with like which information because like I also think that like your personal life is your personal life so like it's not that necessarily that Dumbledore should be telling Harry like his entire life story um but some of the stuff is is applicable um and could definitely at, at the very least strengthen their bond um, so then it's strange when, like, he chooses not to, yeah, to share say, that just information. Yeah, like, tell him, like, he's an orphan, too, you know? Or, right, or, I like, mean, we, not... we, I grew up in the same um, town that you lived, or that you were born in, or, you know, there are certain things that, like, he could have have shared. Um, there are other things that, like, you know, it's it's his business. But I think that, like, I think, yeah, I think it's I think it's complicated. I think that it's also, like, I don't think that it's necessarily a problem that Harry didn't think to ask him those things. Cause I think that it's partly the point where, you know, again, we're still getting this like kind of deconstruction of like Dumbledore in this book. Like it kind of starts in order of the Phoenix, I would say, and then kind of continues through the end of the series um, where we kind of like have, you know, we, the books kind of have us put him on this pedestal and like build him up to then, strip him down and show us like who he is as like a human being. And, you know, he talks about like, Oh, I make mistakes and they end up being very big, but then you kind of see what that actually means as opposed to just hearing him say that and being like, okay, sure. Whatever. He makes mistakes. Yeah. I guess that's, we should move on because we still have more yeah. Dumbledore things to talk about. Um, a few more articles to get through. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Harry does does say that like, the only personal question he ever asked the headmaster was the only one he suspected Dumbledore had not answered honestly, which is when he asks, um, when he asked in his first year what Dumbledore saw in the mirror of Erised. Harry tears out the obituary um, and puts it in one of the books that he's planning on taking, um, and then he throws the rest of the newspaper into the rubbish pile. Um, the only things left out of place were today's Daily Prophet. He moves across the room, um, slid the, fr- the mirror fragment off of today's prophet and unfolded the newspaper. He had merely glanced at the headline b- before, but now, um, because he was, and because it didn't say anything about Voldemort, he kind of just like, wait, he was like, oh, I can read it later, you know? Um, he was sure the ministry was leaning on the prophet to suppress news about Voldemort. Um, it was only now, therefore, that he saw what he had missed. Across the bottom half of the page, there's a smaller headline set over a picture of Dumbledore striding along looking harried. Dumbledore, the truth at last. So this is Rita Skeeter. Coming next week, the shocking story of the flawed genius considered by many to be the greatest wizard of his generation. So first of all, it's July. School ended at the end of June. Like Dumbledore was Dumbledore just died. The woman is prolific. My girl, she's nothing if not us. Like the quick quotes are quick, bro. Like. That's less than two months. She is hitting the pavement. Like, my God. I could never. And you know she had her outline. So this is the thing that you don't know. Like, people, not everyone realizes that, like, newspapers and things will be constantly writing the obituaries of famous people, like, while they're alive. It's actually kind of creepy. Yeah. But that's how they get, like, those really long, in-depth obituaries out so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, they have a running like updates and things of like all of these things that they do solely for when they die. Right. Which is kind of cool, but very morbid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So for sure, Rita was like, when this old man drops, I am writing I'm ready. the biography of a lifetime. I mean, he's pro- she's probably so been she has- like collecting. I mean, I think that some of the stuff she only got because it was like post his death, but I'm sure there were things that she kind of right. peeped or like put I think she was collecting or- and trying to write up even beforehand, like as much dirt on Albus Dumbledore as possible mm-hmm. because she knows that those get Look, that's going to get her some clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, she's no longer, you know, on, in a jar. In, she's, yeah, she doesn't have an embargo. Well, she hasn't been in a jar for some time, but, like, she's no longer under embargo. She she could do whatever the fuck she wants at this point. Um, right. Dahlia says, Rita, don't sleep. And Imani says, a scammer never gets tired. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that he's saying that in Cardi B's voice, a la Ho Never Gets Cold. So, stripping away the popular image of serene, silver-bearded wisdom, Rita Skeeter reveals the disturbed childhood, the lawless youth, the lifelong feuds, and the guilty secrets that Dumbledore carried to his grave. Why was the man tipped to be Ministry of Magic content to remain a mere headmaster? What was the a real- mere headmaster! What was the that real purpose- That part always got me. Sorry. <laughs> What was the real purpose of the secret organization known as the Order of the Phoenix? How did Dumbledore really meet his end? The answers to these and many more questions are explored in the explosive new biography, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore, by Rita Skeeter, exclusively interviewed by Betty Brathwaite, page 13, Inside. Um, so just, like, hella extra. She's hustling. <laughs> it is. But it's, like, it's so extra. Like, oh, it's fine, like, it's fine, but, like, my God. It's just, I, it's funny. I think what it is is that I haven't, like, we haven't read a Rita article in, like, at least a year. Um, so it's just, like, getting back, or at least not, like, this isn't even a Rita article. It's just, like, an, an interview, but just we haven't had to deal with Rita yeah, in at least a for year, a for real, for real. Um, so it's just, like, a shock to the system. <laughs> so Harry rips open the paper to find page 13, um, sees a picture of uh, Rita, you know, back on her bullshit, as always. In person, this is the article, in person, Rita Skeeter is much warmer and softer than her famously ferocious quill portraits might suggest, which is like, okay, sure. She leads me straight into the kitchen for a cup of tea, a slice of pound cake, and it goes without saying, a steaming vat of freshest gossip. This is the Real Housewives of the Wizarding World. Yes. My favorite show. (laughs) I got that shit on DVR with her DVR. (laughs) Um, well, of course, Dumbledore is a biographer's dream, said Skeeter. Such a long, full life. I'm sure my book will be the first of very, very many. Um, this book is 900 pages and was completed four weeks after Dumbledore's death. She's like... Prolific. I would call her George R. R. Martin, except she finished it in four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Like, that's just like... She's like J.K. Is... Rowling with that... 70 chapter Yo, mystery novel. That is some 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 drive. That's the word. Just like she was just like I'm pushing it through. We're doing this. Do it live. So Betty asks her how she managed this and Rita says, oh when you're a journalist as long as I've been um, working on a deadline is second nature. I wanted to be the first to meet that need. Um, so we don't see the whole book but I just want to point out like this is it gets really difficult like with and I know this is on purpose, but, like, I think that we can can forget, right? It gets really difficult to, um, and it's the same thing with the Pensieve, to, like, truly remember what is the truth, or, or not even what is and isn't the truth, but, like, 
where our sources are coming from, right? So, like, we get Elpheus, and it's very clearly um, biased on one side. Um, and so, like, there is some truth within all of the, like, flowery language and hero worshipping and all that kind of stuff. And then we get Rita, where, like, we obviously don't see the whole book. We get a couple of chapters throughout this um, book. But, like, we don't see the whole thing. So, like, I don't know what the fuck she wrote about Order of the Phoenix. I feel like that shit would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> but also, like, it also can't all be true, knowing Rita. Like but it's not all lies. Right, it's not all lies, but the other thing is is that, like, we could easily fall into the same trap here, reading, like, her passages and, like, her words that, like, Molly fell into in Goblet of Fire about Hermione, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know when it's talking about someone, when it's talking about one thing, that, like, she's a liar and she's just saying this stuff for, some, like, for, to be, like, you know, sensationalism and to, like, get clicks, basically, but that's not to say that some of it isn't true. It's just that, like, she also is still trying to sell a book. She's also here to gossip and to be messy. There needs to be skepticism in every... While you're reading thing. it, right. Like, you exactly. can't be like, oh, well, she said it, so that's what it is. And I mean, like, we find out, like, um, when Harry talks to Dumbledore at the very end, like, he kind of sheds or, like, gives a little bit more context. But, like, even that you don't fully know because Dumbledore would be lying all the time. And it's also easy to kind of to tell a story with like hundreds of you know not hundreds but like at least a hundred years since this thing has happened and like he's a different person now so his recollection of what has happened is like it's and also like the you know the flowery language or the con like it's still one site like it's the same thing with like snape's pensieve where mm-hmm. it's it is well it's not snape's pensieve but Snape's memory, yeah, where it's a, it's it's one side of what happened from a certain point of view, exactly, and that can either be from another point of view, right? It's not like we get so like I think with around this particular like Dumbledore's backstory, like we do get different points of view. I think the ones that I care about the most are Aberforth and Albus's. Because I think, like, Elpheus wasn't really there. Like, he was the homie, but, like, it really seems like they were childhood friends at Hogwarts. And then he kind of was like, oh, I used to be friends with Dumbledore. We're so cool. We, like, occasionally... I, I know Dumbledore. Yeah, which, like, which like they probably did, right? And they probably had correspondence and whatever. But I think that, like, he fancied himself closer to Dumbledore than he truly was. I mean, he was a part of the Order of the Phoenix and whatever, but, you know. Um... And then with Rita, she's just a messy-ass bitch. So, like, what is she... (laughs) Like, she's... Some of the stuff is true, but also some of it is not, right? But Thilda, I feel like we get some of it, but also it's not really clear how Rita gives... um, Like, gets some of this information. So even just, like, on an ethics tip, that's awkward. But Albus was... I mean, not Albus. Alderforth was there. And, like, you know, he doesn't know everything, but he has a particular perspective about what happened. Um, and Albus does as well. And like, as they've grown up though, that perspective may have changed or at least the opinion on that perspective, um, may have changed. But like the two of them at this point are like the closest living that could really like Shed make, light. yeah. Okay. And, and make it make some sense. So I think I've, I kind of like that this book does, um, and like the series in general, when it comes to like, the past and like how to find it is we don't ever get just one answer or like one, I mean, except for the damn princess tale, which is 
part of the reason why shit gets on my nerves. But we get different perspectives and then we kind of have to kind of like dig through that to then figure out what the answer is or at least like figure it out for ourselves, right? Because we may come to different Make conclusions yeah, about what that is. Sources that we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also... I, I worry sometimes that she's doing she's doing a couple of things here and she does them well, but I think she's doing too too many things at once, which mm-hmm. is like having it so it's like the unreliable narrator, right? Yeah. And so what Harry believes and what he doesn't believe, and like what those sources come from, but then also not having a moment in which he finds out the absolute truth and never having like that mechanism for it to be like this is exactly what happened and there's no bias or any kind of like wiggle room Mm -hmm. you know I think she does it well but then the problem is is that she she doesn't do a good job of like reinforcing to the reader that all of these things are biased you know Um, so we and that's why we always fall into that trap and have to like consciously remind ourselves like okay yes but we, we read that and a Rita Skeeter article on how, like, reliable is that? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not being reconfirmed from, like, the narrator's point of view or an outside perspective of, like, this is not, like, this is bias. This yeah. is not fact. Exactly. Um, but I, I do think, like, it's a commentary on media literacy in general, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yeah, so I think that that's, like, she's doing a lot of things here um, and making a commentary on, like, media literacy and what is true and, like, what is um, reliable information and, and all of those things, but also we still want to know. <laughs> Obviously, as readers, we're like, what's the truth? What is the date? What's the, you know? Exactly. What actually happened. Right, but so. I think that, like, ultimately it doesn't really matter, and, you know, that's kind yeah. of the conclusion that Harry comes to eventually, but, like, but I think that, that yeah, it's still important to kind of, like, see that these are things happening. <laughs> Maggie says in the chat that Elpheus is about to get Twitter to find his Hogwarts bestie for him. <laughs> He, he Here's a picture, to. Twitter. Do your thing. <laughs> Detective um, Twitter. Uh, okay, yeah. So then, um, so then Rita mentions um, Elphius Doge. She says that uh, Skeeter's book contains less fact than a chocolate frog card. Or, sorry, Betty mentions this, and then uh, Rita laughs and says, Darling, dodgy. I remember interviewing him a few years back about people's right to bless him, completely gaga, seemed to think we were sitting in the bottom of Lake Windermere, kept telling me to watch out for trout. Um, so she, like, is one, she, like, very immediately discredits others who disagree with her. She's just like, oh, he's ridiculous. He did this thing, uh, before. So, like, whatever. I mean, he's sweet, but, like, She taught Sarah Huckabee Sanders everything she knows. Yeah, she's out here. Um, so then... Um, then there's a question does Skeeter really feel that four short weeks have been enough to gain the full picture of Dumbledore's long and extraordinary life um, oh my dear Beam Skeeter you know as well as I do how much information can be generated by a fat bag of galleons a refusal to hear to hear the word no and a nice sharp quick quotes quill um, not everyone thought he was so wonderful 
I've had access to a source most journalists would swap their wands for, one who has never spoken in public before and who was close to Dumbledore during the most turbulent and disturbing phase of his youth. So that's Batilda. Um, but again, Batilda is like at least... Bajillion years old. I was going to say at least 60 years older than Dumbledore. At least. A bajillion. So she's like at least... She's like a good years old. 200... Yeah. She's exactly a bajillion years old. <laughs> she turned a bajillion uh, last Tuesday. <laughs> A bajillion years old. Yeah. Yeah. And some crazy woman is knocking on her door. And like, you know, like, it's really important how you ask questions. Like, so we see this in the way that she interviews Harry. Um, What would your parents think about you? Um... Joining your obvious ploy for attention. And Mm -hmm. he's like, but I didn't, I'm not like, that's not a valid question. Right. It's like very much leading and once a very specific response and like the quick, quick, the quill kind of like plays off of that. Um, I think the other thing too is like, so if you're a bajillion years old and there's a woman asking you leading questions in your living room and you just want to go to bed, what are you going to do? Right. And I think that there's also like, so let me, um, find it i want to say it's in batilda's secret taking it Um, back to the text or forward to the text but um forward to the text okay so this is in uh the chapter 18 life and lives of albus dumbledore um it says dear batty thanks for your help here's a copy of the book hope you like it you said everything, even if you don't remember it, Rita. So, like, Some you could take that as 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 Gilderoy Batilda having, um, you could ha- you could take that as Batilda being two hundred and fifty years old, probably, and like her memory not being what it was, and she's just kind of like saying what she's saying, right? You could also take that as like that being the case, and then Rita out here using Obliviate and and Veritaserum and like what doing anything she can Imperious. to kind of like she could be doing anything just to get this information I, and like I need you to say so I can get these right and like and like you know she sends the the book and it seems all sweet and obviously we don't really know what happened and I can't really know what happened because like yikes um what happens to Matilda is not great but. <laughs> <laughs> understatement of uh, yeah. life it's, it's uh, <laughs> a thing but um it just it just you know we don't really know how that information was gotten and also again the way that she was asked um so there's like ethics that come into play and we know that Rita is not an ethical journalist like we already know that that is not something that stops her from getting the information that she is looking for um so yeah. Um, so then, yep. so then, uh, Be- uh, Betty asks, "What other big? What are the biggest surprises Rita uncovered?" Um, and Rita's like, "I'm not going to give away all the highlights before anyone's bought the book, but I can promise that anyone who still thinks Dumbledore was as white as his beard is in for a rude awakening. He dabbled in the dark arts himself in his youth. He wasn't exactly broad-minded when he was younger. Um, so it's funny because like we we." I'm not bringing this up to cape for Dumbledore. I want to just, like, preface it that way. Um, But it did remind me of, like, cancel culture 
and mm-hmm. the kind of thing that we see, like, especially on Twitter when, like, people's shit gets brought up from X number of years ago. And I, and I still have, like, a very kind of complicated, like, I'm still not fully sure what I think about it, right? Because I think that, like, people should be held accountable for their actions, like, no yes. matter how long ago that was, right? But I also think that there should be room for those people to grow. Um, and part of the reason, like, we talked, like, part of the reason people get canceled, too, is because, like, these things come out and then they don't really apologize in a way that makes sense and they don't really, like, step forward to make amends and to show that they've grown. Some people do and then, you know, like, hopefully, slash, like, in a perfect world, they then wouldn't get canceled, in quotes. But... And they would get renewed, get another chance. Yeah, or something, right? Like, there's... And so I think that, like, it's interesting with Dumbledore, like, how we see, like... First of all, this dude, again, we, like, this dude has lived over 100 years, so this is, like, a really long life, and then um, Rita is talking about some shit that happened, like, 95 years ago, and that's not to discount the things that he did and the damage that was done and the harm that he did, right? But, like, I think that we don't know what the work is that, like, as it stands right in, right now, um, kind of, like, pulling back from the things that we already know, like, we don't know what he's done to reconcile those, those things, um... A lot of it was personal, so there's that as well. Like, the fact that, like, it's this dude he was in love with, presumably. It's, like, his actual family um, that, like, took the hardest hit. So then it's hard for him... Like, I'm sure it's, like, a thing where it's, like, hard for him to talk about. Like, at the same time, though, we do see the way that he... Like, some of his... Like, what particularly happened in that moment, I think that he is... Like, he feels a lot of remorse for. He has, you know, that's, like, a chapter in his life that he's not proud of. But then you look at like his actions um, and the way that he kind of like manipulates people still. And is very much like compartmentalizes like things and, you know, stands Gryffindor openly. Like, the, like there's certain things that like, then you like, it, you know, you, you want to see people's remorse and like see that they're apologetic through their actions. And I think that in some ways we get that from Dumbledore, but then we also don't in others, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that it's a matter of, um, like you said, like, his, what did, how did he move forward after that? Um, and he seems to have, I don't, reconciled or, like, taken responsibility. Um, but then, but then how does he move forward from that? You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. does he respond to that and, like, work to better himself or to not make those same mistakes like that is a different um discussion yeah for Dumbledore at least Portia says this is why she equates Rita to Wendy Wilson Wendy Williams (laughs) little t all shade which Mm -hmm. is very true um and that in Dumbledore's defense how would he know what not to do if he didn't read all the books to get all the magical theory um which is, I think, a little bit, equivalent with a little bit, just because, like, I think, like, morally, you should just kind of, there are some things that you just know not to do. There is this, this, like, and this is my thing with cancel culture, especially when it comes to, like, people growing in age, is, like, there is this time in your life when you're not when the whole point of life is to make mistakes mm-hmm. because that's how you learn. And 
he still, I mean, the the dueling and the greater good and that kind of stuff with Grindelwald is like, you should have learned by now. Yeah. You know, I mean, in his, I don't, I don't know. I always thought that he was going after the, the hallows in a, like the way that an anthropologist or something, you know, like in a very intellectual way, like kind of intellectually removing like what the hallows stand for, like getting all three hallows. The whole point of those things is to, conquer death and mm-hmm. to like have and possess this power over people mm-hmm. um that's like what they were made for um but i could see getting lost in the pursuit and the lore and finding the things you know what i mean and kind of divorcing those those things from each other and grindelwald being very focused on like i'm doing this to gain power like to gain an advantage to get power over people and mm-hmm. Dumbledore being like, I'm doing this because I can. And it's a thing to do, you know. But I think originally he... I think originally he did want it to get power. I think after all that shit blew up in his face, then it's more like... I just want to see it or I want to like... I mean, it depends on which hollow it is, to be honest. Right. Um, I I just... I think when he got the invisibility cloak finally... It. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I think when he got the invisibility cloak, like, finally, then it was more, like, anthropological. But then, like, when he got the ring, that was more, like, personal and, like, grief and um, the wand he's had for a minute. But, like, yeah, I think it depends on the situation. Um... Yeah. So Albus had an extremely murky past, not to mention his very fishy family. Um, and then Betty asked whether Skeeter is referring, referring to Aberforth, whose conviction by the Wise and Gamut for misuse of magic um, caused a minor scandal 15... It was only 15 years ago. Wow. Yikes. On bikes. Oof. It makes it worse. It does a little bit. I was, I was giving the goat thing for like I a young... I was like, you know, same, you know. Albus, know? Albus, Albus dabbled in the dark arts. Aberforth... <laughs> Oh God! (laughs) Make it stop! (laughs) No, he didn't dabble in ghosts. Uh, dabble dabbled in ghosts. (laughs) Um, is just the tip of the dung heap. I'm talking about much worse than a brother with a fondness for fiddling about with goats. <laughs> she is a sick woman. It's like it's, and I just feel like ugh. we should just always remember this that when we get mad book. at her, like like it's, like it's she not. She told us is. who she was. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is just we didn't know it, how deep it went, but she told us who she was. <sighs> Worse than even even the Muggle maiming father. Um, it's the mother and sister that in- intrigued me. Um, in a little digging, uncovered a positive nest of nastiness. But as I say, you'll have to wait for chapters nine to twelve for full details. Um, all I can say is it's no wonder D- Dumbledore never talked about getting his nose broken. And then Rita's, or sorry, Betty's like, you can't, you know, discount Dumbledore's um, achievements. And Rita's like, he had brains, although many now question whether he could really take full credit for all of his achievements. Um, Ivor Dillonsby claims he had already discovered eight uses of dragon's blood when Dumbledore borrowed his papers, which, like, you know, could have happened, but also, this is Rita. 
Like, there, there are moments where I feel like, okay, yeah, this rings a little bit true. But also, like, who the fuck is Ivor Dillonsby? Like, he could just be some, like, bro on the some street dude. who's like, you know, I, you know, he's like somebody's uncle talking about, yeah, I discovered eight of the 12 uses of dragon's blood. And everybody's right. like, all right, bro, go to sleep. You um, think that with Xenophilius and they talk about all this stuff, you know, they, like, right. Like, it just seems like, where are like your that, sources but... and like, where are your, you know, whatever. Betty's like, okay, well, what about the defeat of Grindelwald? And Skeeter's like, I'm glad you mentioned Grindelwald. Um, all I can say is don't be so sure that there really was the spectacular duel of legend after they've read my book. People may be forced to conclude that Grindelwald simply conjured a white handkerchief from the end of his wand and came quietly. So, and, and this is because they were friends. Um, though, like, there's, again, there's no nuance here. So that doesn't mean that they didn't duel. It doesn't mean that that didn't happen because, you know, there's, a relationship there that at a certain point Grindelwald's a whole ass Nazi so like you gotta defeat him and Grindelwald yeah. does not give two fucks about Dumbledore so like let's well, I mean, go they have that blood pack so I don't know what that is um well cause I'm about to go in the chat and really blow your mind if you don't know about I, that blood pack no I know nothing about the blood I've never heard of it before you don't know her nope Mm-mm. okay For what? Are you ready? No. Okay. <laughs> um, Delia just brings up the fact that Aurelius, 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 Aurelius. And if you don't know, I don't know either. No, I know who that is. Go, go watch out. Go watch that that movie. Um, or don't. With that forty-seven percent fresh rating. <laughs> Aurelius cannot exist. He can't because if he had existed, Rita would have uncovered it. Sorry, Joe, the math does not add up. And Maggie says she has demonstrated how bad she is at math so many times. I mean, you know, all the kids complaining about their 12-inch essays, and I'm like, it's literally it's a page of paper. literally a page. <laughs> like, a chill page? Out. And y'all, y'all complaining? Scressed. Like, I've never... That's crazy. It's so crazy. Um... So then, I might be willing to chalk that up to them having to like do the thing and from feet to meters. Oh no 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 no! Because she did that on purpose. She made them use even in the British books they don't use the metric system. Yeah, this it was imperial on purpose. She don't know that about no math. She doesn't. So then uh, Rita says that she devotes an entire chapter to the whole Potter Dumbledore relationship. It's been called unhealthy, even sinister. By whom? Like. The what? What? By um, people who by by her who's heard about the fact that um Harry won't do his bidding. Yeah. By Fudge, who's mad because both uh Dumbledore and and yeah. Harry have shown him honestly, what's what and showed him up honestly, numerous times because he is incompetent. Honestly, it's just been by her. Like she didn't have to really look for that. She was just like, I'm gonna just or call that. it let's just call it un- unhealthy and sinister. I think that's good. Um Dumbledore took an unnatural interest in Potter from the word go. Um whether that was really in the boys' best interest, well, we'll see. It's certainly a to- an open secret that Potter has had a most troubled adolescence. Yeah. Cause of Voldemort. Like, this nigga's still right. out around murdering people and y'all are like, Yeah, Potter's had a troubled adolescence i but also why. Like, like yeah dumbledore took an interest in him he survived the killing curse he's a goddamn chosen one like are you serious everyone and a mama took an interest in harry potter 
Um, I asked Skeeter uh, whether Skeeter is still in touch with Harry Potter. Oh, yes, we've developed a close bond. The lies, the lies, the lies. <laughs> the life and lies. But this is, but this is also like, this. You know, again, we're talking about like this is mingled with truth, right? So it's hard to know what to believe. Like, which part of these things are true? Because you know, like certain things you just know are straight up just false. Yeah, just incorrect. Um, poor Potter has few real friends, and we met at a, one of the most testing moments of his life, the Triwizard Tournament. I am probably one of the only people alive who can say that they know the real Harry Potter. I mean. Okay. GIF.GIS. Well, um, so then, uh, then Rita goes on to Dumbledore's death and says, eyewitnesses inside Hogwarts Castle saw Potter running away from the scene moments after Dumbledore fell, jumped, or was pushed. Um, Potter later gave evidence against Severus Snape, um, a man who he has a notorious grudge. It's everything as it seems. Um, well, that's for the wizarding world to decide once they've read my book. So again, like, I'm like, are you trying to imply that Harry killed Voldemort or killed Dumbledore? Because Dumbledore, I mean, like, she is a lot of books. I think this is strange. also like in the light of um, magic in North America. It's also really important to remember that this is content marketing. Oh, like, totally. Her goal is not to tell, like, to, to uncover some deep truths. Her goal is to sell some books. Mm-hmm. Very and much so. And you can so. tell by the way that she, like, speaks about it in cliffhangers to make, like, you have to find out in chapters 9 and through 12. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not someone who's interested in uncovering the truth more than they're interested in selling books. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so Harry reached the bottom of the article, um, revulsion and fury rose in him like vomit. Um, he began to stride blindly around the room, opening drawers and picking up books only to replace them on the same piles. Um, random phrases from Rita's article echoed in his head. Lies, he he bellowed. Harry sat down hard in the bed. The broken bit of mirror danced away from him. He picked it up and turned it over in his fingers, thinking of Dumbledore and the lies with which Rita Skeeter was defaming him. (sighs) A flash of brightest blue. Um, so Harry freezes and he's like, must have ima- imagined whatever the hell is going on right now. He had imagined it. There was no other explanation. Imagined it because he had been thinking of his dead headmaster. If anything was certain, it was that the bright blue eyes of Albus Dumbledore would never pierce him again. Which is a sad way to end that chapter, but also like... Poor Harry. He just, just year after year, somebody got that. That's crazy. He can't it's get no breaks. Emotion mm-hmm. taking me over. Mm-hmm. Caught up in sorrow. Yep. Lost in the song. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. If Albus would come back. Speaking come of back to Hogwarts, daughter. Speaking of, who okay. is your MVP? Who? This one's rough. I'm going to make Harry my MVP for finally cleaning out that trunk. I mean, better late than never. <laughs> but also, like, can I bitch him for not cleaning out that trunk? <laughs> I mean... I mean... You know. Yeah. Both and. Um, I um, made... Oh, are you done or... I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I made uh, Hedwig Giselle Nose Carter... No, no, wow. I made Hedwig Giselle Nose Carter my MVP. Um, that's better because, because, you know, she is about to 
pop off. And Harry's out here trying to stop her shine. And so, I'm not trying to stop it, but, you know, he doesn't really know her dreams and aspirations. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to keep her safe. He's not asking the right questions. He's not. He's keeping her down. He's, keeping try- her he's, he's trying to keep her safe, but, like, also she has um, a demo to record. So he's going to need to calm all that shit down. Maggie makes Hedwig her MVP for getting ready to change the world. Delia also makes Hedwig Giselle Nose Carter her MVP for carrying Harry to this point and planning her graceful departure. Like, if nothing else, Hedwig knows how to put on a show. Mm-hmm. She knows how to make an entrance and an exit. She has been perfecting this since 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, Amani makes Amber Forth his MVP for not being afraid to live his truest life. Amani's oh. benched. Ugh. And we have goat emojis in the Slack, guys. So there are some goat emoji reactions. Yikes. And I'm just... Gross. Sickened. Sickened by <laughs> I it. am disgusted. And Ariana makes Hedwig her MVP for being a loyal companion. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It's so... Ugh. I bench Imani for that. Um, but I will put it in the, in the spreadsheet. I, it's just gross. Um, I bench Rita because even though, like, we get, you know, this is... It is another perspective on Dumbledore. And I think, like, in the future, it's going to be, like what she kind of brings to light is going to be important for plot and like for learning more about him. Um, she's just like the messiest and like my man's has barely been dead. And then also like, let's not just be out here telling lies. Like Dumbledore's life is hella interesting and has lots of wild shit happening. You don't have to make things up. Especially not to sell books. People That's are going to buy them books anyway. They were going to buy them anyway. So you don't have to make shit up to get people to buy a book on Albus Dumbledore. Like, calm that shit down. Um, right. So I'm binging Rita for being back on her bullshit and not learning anything um, from the last three years. Just out here spreading lies in a Voldemort world. Like, it just it's crazy yeah. to me that she's still I'm doing that shit. the Daily Prophet, but whoever, I don't know if we go on the wiki, I don't know if we know who the editor of the Daily Prophet is, but that motherfucker, we're just not having any journalistic standards because on the one hand, we get Elphia Stoja's flowery, overwrought obituary, which, like, I guess, you know, like, that's how obituaries are, but, like, we could do better. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, we get this nonsense, and it's like, no one's fact-checking these things. No, you're just, we're just putting this print out in the world, and, like, they've consistently done this. Mm -hmm. Um, I am also benching Harry Potter, because you ain't gonna clean your fucking trunk (laughs) for six years, bruh. And, like, your, the gift that your, your godfather, who you love so much, gave you, is now just shards. Yep. Like, you can't, to be you fair, don't have to he was use emotional. it, but you could at least take care of it. You know how many ugly ass clothes I have in my closet because someone I love gave it to me? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Not anymore. I don't have that many anymore because my dad came to help me pare down and he gives no fucks. Mm-hmm. The man is a savage. <laughs> Just like, have you ever worn this? No. Give it away. <laughs> but someone gave it to me. Give it away. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't Good. want it. Feel that. Um, Dahlia benched Rita for being. Oh. <laughs> Got my job. No, you're good. Uh, Dahlia benched Rita for being too much on her hustle and drugging Batilda, although not really revealed in this chapter. Ariana benched Rita Skeezy Skeeter, which, yes, 
Yes, indeed. I like it. Um, Amani benches Albus for consistently and historically being trash, training multiple generations of wizarding Nazis in the ways they would go, and plotting subjugation of muggles and cultivating a collection of syncophants to enable him on his road the, uh, to power he keeps claiming he rejected. Amani <sighs> has feelings, I have y'all. to breathe. Um, <laughs> you have to take a big, deep breath. But, like, no, but for real. I, I don't disagree with him. Um, but that was a lot. Um, Maggie, out here coming clutch, benches Snape for not following basic procedures as a magical yes. chemistry teacher, not ensuring that his students have adequate time and ability to clean their workstations properly, resulting in the mulch in Harry's trunk. And that makes sense. I'm changing my bench to no, what Maggie said. Let's not, I'm not changing your bench. Um, what are you talking about? Maggie that. changed my mind. No. We, should, we should allow but shout out, growth. But shout out to Maggie for that. Um, cool. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will be discussing chapter three of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Maggie's my MVP. <laughs> the Dursleys departing. Uh, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is bench for the chapter, as well as the previous two chapters. Um, and join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag wizard team. Call your representatives. Call your representatives. Out, um, you know, throw- text Congress to 50409. Yes. And, and stop fiddling with goats, y'all. Don't, Don't fiddle. fiddle with goats. That's like a really important one, actually. Um, Don't fiddle with goats and call your representative. Yeah, and you know, rate and review us on iTunes. Throw us a little something if you got it, when you do got it. You know, no pressure. Just you thought I'd say it again. Um, yeah. And don't get arthritis at 24. <laughs> Bye, y'all. It's so funny. <laughs>